Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. February 9th of 2004, 21-year-old UMass student Maura Murray drove from her dorm in Amherst, Massachusetts to the White Mountains of New Hampshire. At approximately 7.27 p.m., Maura spun out her 1996 Saturn on a hairpin turn on Route 112 in North Haverhill. There has never been a credible sighting of Maura since. Maura is 5 foot 7 inches tall. She weighs 120 pounds, and she has brown hair and hazel eyes. If you have any information regarding Maura's disappearance, please submit it to us, the Murray family through their Facebook page, or the New Hampshire State Police Cold Case Unit. This is Missing Maura Murray. Welcome back to the Missing Maura Murray podcast. I'm Tim here today with Lance in the Crawlspace Studios in Wormtown. Lance, how are you today? Couldn't be better, Tim. Feels great to be here, nestled, per usual, Wormtown, Crawlspace, no other place I'd rather be. How are you? I'm great, and we really are nestled here. And uh, today we have a wonderful interview with an old friend, someone we had on Crawl Space earlier this year. Check out that episode. His name is Cloyd Steiger. He's a former homicide detective in the city of Seattle, Washington. He's retired, and he still works for the attorney general's office and he works for the american investigative society of cold cases as well and that's where we met him um but i believe we spoke to him right before we met him uh on crawl space and he's an author lance and you can get his books in the show notes one of them is called homicide the view from inside the yellow tape that was the uh book that we primarily spoke about when we had him on the show before we like to call him uncle cloyd by the way i don't want to let that go unnoticed that uh he is he's uncle cloyd to us <laughs> and he's the greatest he's really fun and uh funny guy and uh, he's got another book coming out i think in january january 27 2020 it's called seattle's forgotten serial killer gary gene grant or as we have um i mean it's a it's a uh, exclusive here uh, crawlspace exclusive crawlspace uh, media exclusive gary gene grant is now being dubbed triple g or Trey, I believe. Or Trey. Yeah. That's an ominous nickname, Lance. But uh, so in this episode, we talked to Cloyd mostly about the Maura Murray case. And we sent him some information on the case as much as we could. Um, really just some links, kind of some surface level stuff. Wikipedia we sent him and, you know, some other documents and things like that we had. Map of the area. And we basically asked him where he would start if he was investigating this case. And he ha- had some knowledge of the case coming into the interview so he goes off of that a little bit but we 
I, I think have a really fascinating conversation about what Mora's case looks like from a homicide detective's point of view. Yeah, it's really similar to when we interviewed Jim Clemente. He is the former FBI profiler, and we got a sense of what a profiler coming in to the case, uh, sort of removed from it, removed from all of the detailed information, how that person would profile the, uh, an individual who might have done something to Mora. In this, in this case, you, like you said, you gave uh, Cloyd some surface-level stuff. We gave him some links, uh, and, and he came up with what he thought the most uh, realistic solution to her disappearance is, and it was a, a really uh, invigorating conversation, I, I think. I think it's a great conversation, so check it out. And uh, don't forget to check out the American Crime Festival. It's happening in Wildwood, New Jersey, November 8th, 9th, and 10th, 20. 19 go to americancrimefest.com the schedule is out there also follow us on social media you'll find information to the american crime fest and you can purchase your tickets there you can use a promo code mmm that's going to get you 10 percent off your weekend pass and you can see a festival that is chock full of the who's who of true crime everyone from sarah turney to Snappy Jacket John Lorden. We got the captain from True Crime Garage who's going to be there. Aphrodite Jones is going to do a little uh, one-on-one with Larry Pollard. That's sort of being billed as our main event. Yeah, and I believe that's going to be moderated by the one and only Maggie Freeling. So we really have a, a wonderful festival that's coming to you in November in Wildwood, New Jersey. Check it out at AmericanCrimeFest.com. So thank you very much for listening, and I really hope you enjoy this episode with homicide detective, with former homicide detective, Cloyd Steiger. And we have a newly uh, revamped website, Tim, that people should swing on over and check out. That's crawlspace-media.com. You can also get some information on the American Crime Fest there as well. Let us know what you think. Welcome to Missing Maura Murray, Cloyd Steiger. Cloyd, how are you today? I'm doing well, thanks. How about you guys? We're doing excellent. It's always a good day when we get to talk to you, and it's especially a good day when we get to talk to you about the Maura Murray case. Yeah, what have you been up, you, uh, been up to? We spoke with you uh, a few months ago on Crawl Space. What's been going on in the interim? You know, just still doing my thing. Got another book coming out in January, and then uh, so I'm doing that and trying to early promotion stuff on that, but I'm working my real job doing cold cases and uh, working for ISOC doing cold cases. And so nice. that's about it. Yeah. So you're, you're solving the world's problems and you're writing about it. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Anyone, anyone gets a chance to, uh, to check out Cloyd's work. Do please do so because you are uh, doing yourself a disservice by not checking out his work and you can go to his website which is his name, Cloyd Steiger. That's S-T-E-I-G-E-R, CloydSteiger.com. And the the first book you wrote is called Homicide, The View from Inside the Yellow Tape. And uh, so w- tell us about this, this second book that you're writing. Well, the second book I wrote for History Press, it's called uh, Seattle's Forgotten Serial Killer, um, Gary Jean Grant. And it's about a guy who roamed this area in the late 60s to early 70s, and he walked through the woods and he killed people, and two teenage girls and two six-year-old boys, and it wasn't, and he was never really suspected of any of them, but once he was suspected of one of them, then he, it, all the all the uh, dominoes fell into place and he was convicted of all four murders, and then he uh, just disappeared into obscurity and nobody's ever heard of him, but he's still alive in prison. Uh, one of those people that you know was a serial killer before the term was even coined, but he's gone. He's nobody's. If nobody's ever heard of him, and that's why, and that's why I wrote about him because he's the, kind of a forgotten serial killer. And you know what? You're right. No one has heard of them. I I just binged it, which is uh, the Google alternative. Um, right. But no, I, I just searched it online, and what comes up when you type his name in? You have a newspaper article, and then the next one, two, three. Four links are all to your website or uh, a way to um, view your book. Right. It doesn't come out until January 27th, because it's, you know, it's still in the final editing process now. But, um, yeah, I mean, History Press called me and said, hey, we want to do some a book on uh, historic true crime. Do you know anything? And I just happened to learn about this guy like a, a month before. 
and had gotten a lot of material on it. And I said, well, you know, I do happen to have a case I could write about. And so I proposed it, and they accepted, and I wrote it. Wow. So did you uh, meet with this serial killer, Gary Grant? You know, I didn't, only because— um, You're afraid. The, no, no, I wasn't afraid. No, the sheriff's office here was working on a couple in Seattle, the King County Sheriff's Office. I knew they were working on a couple of uh, skeletal finds up in the general area where he worked. And I said, you know, <laughs> there is this guy, and they had never heard of him, even though their agency was one of the agencies that investigated at the time. And so I sent them the case file, and they wanted to go talk to him, and I didn't want to, you know, upset anything there, so I just let... Uh, them go talk to him. I, I talked to a lot of the a lot of the old detectives who were old. I talked to the judge in the case who's still alive. I talked to the a uh, couple prosecutors and one of them, the son of a prosecutor who himself became a prosecutor and then a private lawyer, about the effect that case had on them. And then I researched the archives. I got the entire court record file and and went through that. And it was a lot of reading, thousands of pages of court documents to read through. And then. Uh, Sat down, just sat down and put it put it in a book. Okay, and and so he he was uh, a serial killer acting around the Seattle area, and you are a retired homicide detective from Seattle. Right. Yeah. Okay. And so as part of my job now, I work for the Attorney General's office and what's called the Homicide Investigation Tracking System, and uh, I supervise the unit. And we're made up of retired homicide detectives, and we assist agencies in cold case murders, and we track every murder that ever happens in Washington, Oregon, and Montana in a database. So that's how I know about that. And somebody actually had called me after my first book, or sent me an email and said, what do you know about Gary Jean Grant? He was a serial killer. I went, I've never heard of Derek Gary Jean Grant. And he wasn't in our database. So I called over to the prosecutor's office and said, do you guys have a file on this guy? And I go, let me look and I'll get back to you. And they said, yeah, we do. And I said, can I borrow it? And they said, sure. So that's how I got it. Nice. And I just entered it into our database and had no intention of writing a book at that point. But later on, when uh, these people called me from History Press, I thought, well, that's a pretty good case because nobody's ever heard of this guy. Oh, my God. We got to we got to get you on Crawl Space to talk about this because I wasn't expecting to be so interested in um, the serial killer that I am now uh, giving the moniker Triple G. Oh, I see. So the I see. Yeah, there you go. Triple G. The Triple G. For sure. Yep. <laughs> or Trey. Uh, the, yeah. No, Trey, Trey G. Trey. Yeah. So, uh, he was only like... When he was arrested, he was like 21 years old. Started when he was 19, Jeez. and uh, it was bizarre. You know, he was just a bizarre guy, and yeah. just roamed the woods and come across people and he'd murder them. You know, horrifying. He sexually assault them. Yeah, he sexually assaulted them also. But yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, um, we really appreciate yeah. you uh, <laughs> lending your expertise to uh, to these airwaves and um, to the Maura Murray case. We appreciate that. Right. Yeah. Now, I didn't know a lot about the Mortimer case. I'd heard of it because of you guys and knew you guys did a podcast on it. So I, you sent me some stuff and I looked it up and found some other resources and, and read it and just you know came up with a, the, a, 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 a hypothesis myself that we can talk about. But I mean, that's, I, I don't have any inside information. I don't have the police file, but I have what's available publicly and that's what I based it on. Oh, well, we're going to have a lively uh, conversation about what you based your findings. Yeah, and, and we have the poli- the whole entire case file we could send you. Um, okay. No, I'm totally kidding, actually. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, yeah. For a second, I was like, well, I don't remember <laughs> getting that. I'm used to having an entire police case file when I wrote your case. <laughs> I, I'm sure, yeah. No, unfortunately with this case, yeah, it's never um, been made public. Um, right. We wish we it had was, it. I would be surprised if it was, because, and that's the correct thing for them to do, because there may be some nugget in there that they know about that they're waiting for somebody to tell them that they don't want out there, and so good for them. Right, and well, good for them for not giving it to a couple of true crime podcasters who talk <laughs> yeah, to. Yeah, I mean that's, thousands that's of... the nature of the business. I mean, you know, <laughs> how dare you take their side on this? I, don't I know get it. that's the thing, but there's <laughs> there's plenty of public information out there. Yeah, and a lot of theories and stuff, but uh, but that's a good know. sign, right? That they're holding oh, back yeah. information. Yeah. No, it's a good thing. Yeah, I mean, I'm, but the police should not be releasing a case file that's open like this. I mean, just because. They have so much to lose and nothing to gain, really. Yeah. And, and 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 I understand why they don't. And that's why nobody does, because there there was a case there where a little missing girl just had the anniversary, like the 21st anniversary or something, the other day disappeared. And this police department, which is a bunch of great guys, but back then, uh, a few years ago, a reporter did a public disclosure request for the case file, and some lawyer told them to release it, which was stupid because it shouldn't have been released. And so everything was out there. So there's nothing they can hold back waiting for the killer to tell them 
that isn't already in the press. So that's really hampers the investigation. Right. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so the chances sure. of, of that case being solved, in, in your opinion, uh, goes down, huh? Yeah, way down, way down. Wow. Uh, yeah. And how long have you been a cop? Well, I was with Seattle for 36 years, and I've been here three and a half years. In November, it'll be my 40th anniversary in law enforcement. Okay. Wow. So, and you've caught, and this is coming from someone who's caught serial killers, made, made arrests. I have caught serial killers, yeah. yeah. Four yeah. decades in law enforcement, caught serial yeah, I, killers. 22 years in homicide with the Seattle Police Department, and I've done, been doing it three and a half since then. So over 25 years of just working murders. Oh, that's as incredible. To all the other stuff, yeah. So grateful that you're talking to us. Thank Seriously, you. I yeah. just want to try to put it into words how when Tim and I started this way back before the podcast days and we wanted to do a documentary, we never thought that we would be talking to somebody who would have that much uh, experience in law enforcement, caught serial killers, written books, is part of a uh, uh, an organization that, that works with detectives and and now is perfectly willing to talk to us about this case that, that we have over 100 episodes on and, and I guess in a sense have made a career out of because we have Crawlspace right. and, a, and a network now of shows. Yep. We never thought that we'd be talking to someone like you. It's super humbling. Well, no, I, I'm hum- <laughs> Just a second. I'm turning red. But anyway, <laughs> the, uh, the, uh, you know, that's, I don't job's have a problem done. ever. I'm, once we leave here, I'm going to talk to a lady, a, a, a college professor, about serial killers. She just contacted me. Hey, I'm teaching this class on serial killers. Can we sit down and talk? Sure. And as soon as we're done, I'm going down there to talk to her. So, I mean, I, I'm, I'm more than willing to, to tell people, you know, what they need to know and what they need to think about and, and, give, and share what I know about things. And, and, and that's not a problem with me at all. That's great. Great. And one quick thing before we get into your findings on Maura Murray. Do you ever get tired of talking about serial killers? <laughs> no, there's plenty to talk. You know, it's kind of a cottage industry now. I know you know that. And uh, everybody wants to talk about serial killers. And so, yeah, I, I don't get tired of it. I mean, in your opinion, what is it that uh, that brings people towards them? Oh, it's you know, there's a lot of well, first of all, there's a lot of myths about serial killers and the whole Hannibal Lecter thing. And and uh, my favorite my favorite um fictional thing about a serial killer was the movie the old movie the adams family and wednesday is going door-to-door trick-or-treating but she's not in a costume and the lady says what are you dressed up and she, and she looks at her she says deadpan of course i'm a serial killer they look like everybody else that's great which is yeah. true. what are you darling where's your costume this is my costume i'm a homicidal maniac they look just like everyone else they do look like everybody else they're not they're not a boogeyman hiding in the bushes they're the guy that delivers your mail they're the guy that you know coaches your kids or works in your church that's that's who they end up being most of the time i mean there obviously are some that are much more weird and crazy you know but 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 generally speaking most of them are not you, know, you wouldn't you probably have passed a serial killer on the street and not known it that's I mean, terrifying are, are yeah. you are you saying my postal carrier is a serial killer <laughs> well those are usually more mass shooters but <laughs> oh, okay yeah. oh, my zing. apologies to the postal service that was a low blow <laughs> you're, well, you're fairness, obviously a fan of fedex yeah in fairness the usps uh they 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 could stand to get their shit together a little bit yeah exactly but <laughs> the pennies and uh now there was this video that uh, that you made a few months ago that that i saw that was really fun and it was it was you with children and it was I, th- oh, yeah. I think it was called something like uh children spend five minutes with a homicide detective yeah it was uh, kids meet a homicide detective yeah and that was one same thing these people have this youtube channel they contacted reached out to me and said hey we have this show on youtube and we want to interview you and these kids and i said sure i'll do it so yeah i went down there and, and sat and it you know it took about three or four hours to tape this 15 minute yeah, 10, 12 minute episode. But I mean, it was fun. They, the kids were very bright. Everybody says, oh, those had to be scripted questions, but they were not scripted. Right. I mean, the, the producer might suggest generally a, a topic, but the kids came up with their own questions. And it was fun. You know, I was joking around with them and watching them. And it was very funny. Yeah, we'll uh, link to it in the show well, notes. Well, if you can't laugh about comedy, what can you laugh about? Right. I mean, about murder, what can you laugh about, really? Yeah, you got to... <laughs> you see how it's synonymous in your head? You just had a Freudian <laughs> slip yeah. right there. <laughs> yeah, you got to try to lighten it a little bit, I think. Yeah, I, I think yeah. that's totally fair. Yeah. All right, so let's uh, let's get let's into... unpack this. Yeah, let's unpack uh, the disappearance of Maura Murray uh, through, right. through the eyes of Cloyd Steiger. So... Okay, so so we have your document here. You um you sort of go through some of the the things that I, I think that you found uh, significant, and uh, you start with her being a successful student. She was, yeah, she was obviously successful, very bright, but had some personal issues. You know, relatively minor issues in the big picture, but to her, 
you know, they probably didn't seem so minor. She was upset. She was going through a, a breakup with her boyfriend, probably some question whether she was pregnant or not. I don't know, of course. Yeah, she and was not let me, pregnant. Let me start out by saying everything I'm saying here is just my hypothesis. I'm not saying this is the God, God's truth. I mean, it could be something else. But my experience in these kind of cases, and I've reviewed a lot of them, is people jump from A to Z, right? A, a, a girl ends up missing. She was abducted, raped, and murdered. Yeah, and they'll never find her body. Well, let's go through all the other stuff first. It's just like a, a, you know when you go to the doctor. I got this lump. Oh my God, it's cancer. Well, let's let's eliminate everything else first. So it's a rule out process, right? Right. And you have to go through it and look at it piece by piece and see what evidence is there. And there is there are signs and there's evidence here. And so you can't jump from A to Z. I've I've had cases almost exactly like this that I reviewed, where people were out and they disappeared and their car was found, but they were never seen again. And and a couple of times it's been exactly like what I suspect probably happened tomorrow, Marie. I, I'm not, again, I'm not discounting that she wasn't kidnapped and taken away by a serial killer. Um, but realistically, the odds of that are small. So we'll look at it. But you just said we passed serial killers walking and, and my, my postal carriers. Is here, <laughs> yeah, so. you may. Yeah, you yeah. may. But <laughs> I, I think there's a, uh, a, a certain line that you have to tread lightly around, which is she was kidnapped by a serial killer. Right. There, or, she could have been kidnapped by some other type of bad person. And there and there's no question that could be the case. Yeah. But one of the things you got to look at one of the things you got to look at is she's out in basically a snowstorm. Who's she going to run into out there? Who else is out? Even these guys aren't stupid enough to be out prowling in the snow, right? They're home like everybody else. Yeah. If it was like on a college campus at night or something where it was more likely, but you know, you have to you have to look at uh where she was and who's going to find her out there. Technically, it wasn't a snowstorm, but but it okay. was a rural area, a rural area, isolated road. Also, right. um, the people who live up there typically uh, are used to those conditions. Like that uh, that that time frame in February was slightly warmer than usual. It, right. it had snowed, and then it snowed um, a couple of days later or the I, next day. I think after, but it yeah. was just like a, it was like a dusting of snow, and right. um, the people up there are used to it. That that's part of the reason right. why they move up there. Right. But it's also an isolated rural area, you know, where there's probably not a lot of traffic on a night like that at that time of night. It was a weeknight, I presume. It was a Monday night. Monday night. Typically yeah. so, not a lot of traffic. But that yeah. do you mind do you mind the uh, the back and forth? I don't want to uh, No, no, no. That's the way you, to do it. I, I, I don't, don't want you to, to shoot all me. your time. <laughs> <laughs> um that 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 Route 112 is, um, although it is a rural area, that Route 112 um, is one of the major routes that go through the state to get from one highway to the other highway. Again, I, I'm completely unfamiliar with that area, but and, and that's why I asked you for a map of the area or an address so I could look on Google. Oh yeah, Google Maps, yeah, yeah, and because it does make a difference. And I was looking, I was looking to see what I expected to see, and I did see what I expected to see. What was that? Yeah, That was actually a map of Tim's house. It was just <laughs> Wait, like, exactly. Well, Wait, what? Tim, before we go any farther, I'd like to advise you your rights. <laughs> <laughs> we finally got it. you're not in custody, so we're okay. We're all right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, yeah, the, the area was rural, not necessarily a busy road, um, sort of a pass between highways, sort of a mountain pass, and there's no cell right. service there. We know that. We we certainly know that um, because as, as what you as much as you can call a mountain pass in New Hampshire as opposed to a mountain pass out west. Yes. Oh, oh, sorry. Yeah, pardon us. Pardon us. The mountain Mount range. Olympias. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it it yeah. floats in the clouds. Exactly. Yeah. Um, we don't need a space needle to see it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, sorry. Sorry, I'll stop. Uh, yeah, so the White Mountains uh, established not as big as uh, the Rockies or uh, anything in the West Coast. Um, <laughs> Noted. But uh, but still no cell service. And um, so it, it, it left her with, with a problem because she spun her car out and sort of seemed to have needed to rely on the help of someone to get right. her car out of there and get back right. onto her road. Well, she obviously wasn't wearing her seatbelt. Because she obviously hit her head on the windshield. Right? Uh, no, not obviously. The airbag. We Tim and I go back and forth on this. I'm happy to right. debate it. I'm with you, Cloyd. The the yeah. airbag was deployed. Right, but that, that doesn't mean anything. I mean, you can go above the thing and hit your head on the air, on the airbag. I mean, on that windshield. That just I, in my <clears throat> excuse me experience from years ago working car accidents. That looked like a classic head to the windshield fracture what else caused it if it wasn't the head to the windshield good question probably nothing My- <laughs> probably nothing else <laughs> yeah, i mean you have to have 
you have to have something hit the windshield. It didn't do it from the pressure because it didn't, you know, for pressure of the impact because it would have been different. It's a it's a point impact on the, and probably on the inside. I'd have to look. Yes, you it, know, whoever it was on the inside. No, it was on the inside or the outside. It, it was on the That's inside what, per the police yeah, report. Yeah. So something had to hit that windshield at that point. And the most obvious thing, again, simplest usually is the correct. Is there head? Is the front I mean, of get, the steering wheel the piece of plastic that pops oh out? Oh boy! The, yeah, a piece of plastic popping off the steering wheel is not going to have enough uh, enough force. I just to break can't it. get it. I just can't <laughs> buy it. I can't buy yeah, that. Okay. She would well, let's, she, well, she would be launched up and over. Well, she was going down a little ditch. There was a little a little bit of a ditch. Her okay. car she went bounced. down. Her body hits the thing, and that's probably you know. Here's the deal. That made it, that's why she wasn't knocked unconscious in the accident because the airbag slowed her a bit. But she hit that thing pretty hard to fracture that winch, and it's right where you'd expect it. If her head, if she was flying forward, going down a hill, and the airbag deploys, and she goes over the top and hits the windshield, that spot is right where you'd expect the fracture to be. I mean, I, the little piece of the steering wheel, if there is something missing, doesn't have the inertia or the amount of weight to cause. It takes a lot of force to fracture a windshield. Okay. Because that's safety glass. It's not like a side window. Okay. It's a front windshield. It takes a lot of force. I'll so, concede. Uh, I'll concede. <laughs> I'll concede that okay. I will entertain. <laughs> You'll entertain that that was her head. Yeah. I will entertain for the sake of this conversation right. that that okay. was her head. At least for the sake of the, this conversation, God forbid, uh, you know, uh, you change your opinion. God forbid. But um, I changed my expert opinion on this. <laughs> so uh, you said you investigated accidents or you worked car well, accidents? Well, back in the old day when I was a patrol officer, you know, I'd go to accident scenes all the time. But that was admittedly, uh, yeah. let's see, I became a detective in 1990. So that was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. Know? Now, and they didn't. Yeah, you know, a lot of cars didn't have airbags when I last worked patrol. Right, but uh, and yeah. was there something like uh, similar that happens in a lot of these cases if someone hits their head? Like, uh, are they discombobulated in a certain way? Well, if you're hitting your head hard enough on a windshield to uh, crack it like that, then you're going to have a concussion. I mean, you know, it's not like you're wearing a helmet in football, right? They still get concussions. And you got your head hitting, and it hits it hard enough to do that. It's going to give you know, not it, it wouldn't necessarily it wouldn't necessarily knock her out, and it wouldn't necessarily be a you know a major concussion. She's probably not going to die from it by itself, but you know you get knocked for a loop, right? You get knocked for a loop. I like almost put my head through a windshield, right. and and there was blood everywhere. And I know we we weren't going as fast as uh, as Mora was going, but we went over, we slid on ice and went over a ditch, and it was. A, a much, much more significant drop than what Mora right. got into. And the adrenaline that you get after that, I was in the passenger seat. The adrenaline that, that I had after that was enough for me and the driver to run up the street. It was maybe an eighth of a mile. It was January. We ran up to a friend's house, went in there. Uh, he like he wrapped his shirt around my head. I, I don't even know right. how much blood I lost in like two minutes. And I don't think they ever did a concussion protocol on me i think how long ago was it oh my god this was in like 95 i think he's still so concussed i think i'm they still concussed as, they weren't as yeah i've had you know i i've never been diagnosed with a concussion either but i played football <laughs> yeah and i can think back in my head and go oh i know i had a concussion there oh because it was spinning and things and but they never diagnosed with them because they didn't it wasn't as big a deal as it's been lately yeah yeah i mean she was never diagnosed with a concussion i'm just saying she probably had a concussion well, she, she most she most probably had a concussion yeah if, and if she, her head hit the windshield and it's still not that easy to diagnose uh a it's, concussion you know it's just a like, minor concussion yeah. which is so it's been it wouldn't be it wouldn't be a knock you unconscious you know your brain is rattling around inside there and it just causes a, maybe a little disorientation that she would have recovered from in a couple of seconds but she still is concussed mm, you know right. it's a brain injury it's when your brain, brain yeah. hit, hits the inside of a, your skull right yeah right. Uh, so it doesn't sound too pleasant but yeah and I, no, i've had my it's, share it's, too yeah, but, but yeah, they happen all the time yeah yeah People get concussions all the time and don't know they get concussions and so i mean over and over and over it can be a real problem but you know you're probably going to be okay and I don't think she died because of a concussion. No, yeah, that. But, it, 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 it's it's just what I would call a contributing factor. But that could have okay. led to her making uh, a bad decision after that, right? Right. Yeah. Very much. Yeah. I think the point of my uh, story was that the adrenaline was running, and only after when I sat down, and we were waiting for the ambulance, did everything start to sink in. I started right. to feel faint. I started to feel tingly. It was. Right. You know, a combination of hitting the head and, and losing a lot of blood in mm. a short period of time. But I can absolutely see in the scenario her hitting her head 
she gets out like trying to figure out what's going on and then once you know butch leaves and and she's like okay what the fuck am i doing i could see then everything sort of settling in and the adrenaline and, wearing and that's off. just and that's just one part of it too the other part of course is that she was obviously drinking i don't know how much she was drinking but she'd been drinking so she that's going to have an effect yep and the third is she's out in the cold and yep. she's shifting yep yeah you know? and no yeah um, that's kind of the kind of these are kind of the bases of my uh of my hypothesis. Yeah. yeah I think that I don't want to get too far ahead. <laughs> yeah. No, it's an interesting starting point. I, I will say that there was no blood found, right. no like drops of blood. So, um, she didn't, she didn't cut her head. I, I think right. is the presumption. And, I, and that's not, I wouldn't, nece- that doesn't, I don't necessarily expect that she would have. She, she certainly could have. Yeah. And it may be because that airbag did slow her down enough that she didn't hit her head hard enough to cut it. But she did hit her noggin pretty good. It looks like. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I, I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. Um, <laughs> And uh, so it was cold, um, so she was shivering, and then right. and then when the the, the neighbor the, who was a bus driver apparently pulls up and says, uh, "Can I call somebody for you?" and she says, "No, no, I called AAA." Yeah. Now maybe she was was she lying? Maybe or maybe she was so out of it she thought she had called AAA. You know, she didn't realize she hadn't because there was no phone service. She's confused. She's she's. Say I don't think she's necessarily drunk, but she's had a couple, and she's uh, getting cold, you know. Yeah. And then you start to you start to kind of, you know, uh, disorient, become disoriented from the from the cold, and she or or she may have intentionally lied for whatever reason because she was afraid she'd get a DUI or something if the police came. Do you want to hear my? I, I'm going to either one. My opinion on that is Butch said I'll call AAA because or I'll call the police um, to help out. Because that's it's not like a super serious accident, so he right, didn't have yeah. like a big sense of urgency. And right. I think my personal theory is that she said, I'll, "I called AAA. Uh, you don't have to call the police because she had had a couple of drinks." Um, right. And uh, I think she fully intended to call AAA. Yeah, I, think I agree. She, yeah, she may have. That's yeah. absolutely true. Yeah. So it, or I may have thought she actually did. She may have believed she had, but I don't know. Yeah. 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 I don't think she was. You know. Don't no no don't do that. I don't want any help. No, she wanted help. There's no question about it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just yeah. not the police, uh, preferably, I think. Also, um, you had mentioned that she was possibly pregnant. That you that, well, that I, I read the... that somewhere online. I don't know if that's just somebody's wild speculation Very or just wild. I don't have any direct information about that. Very wild. Yeah, because I mean this is what happens <laughs> in these cases. You know, I'm surprised there's something other. She was a she was abducted by a satanic cult who <laughs> delivered her baby and then killed her and dumped her in a mine shaft. Because that's the kind of crap you hear in these cases all the time. Yeah, you know, there's wild speculation out there. Yeah, everybody has an idea, and it's usually not at all based in fact or or reason. Yeah, and so that's why you have to take everything you read in these boards and stuff with a grain of salt. Right. I, I have a question based on your experience. Uh, you, you've obviously seen accident sites, car accident sites, um, right? Sure. Okay. How fast do you think she was going based on just, you know, the pictures that you've seen of the of the road and the damage on her car? And, um, you know, maybe maybe you saw uh, some, like, the, there's, like, a, a news still that shows, like, how much snow was on the road. Right. Um, how fast I do you think, think she was I, going? I, I, think, I don't think she was going over, like, 20, 25 miles an hour. I mean, that's what I think that's consistent with because yeah. you're hitting an immovable object. Yeah. She's not racing down that road at high speed because she would have been, first of all, she'd have been uh, much more seriously injured. She'd have probably been trapped in the car and, and you know, without, because even with an airbag without seatbelts, that's why you have to wear airbag, have seatbelts and the airbag to exactly keep from what I said, going over the top of the airbag mm. or being ejected from the car if it rolls and it didn't roll in this case. But I don't think she was going very fast. You'd be surprised how much damage is done at 20 miles an hour. Right? Oh, yeah. People think it has to be a lot more, but no, it doesn't. It's You can have, do a lot of damage. And she was probably doing somewhere in that area. She's coming up to a curve, an L curve, you know, there, and she's probably slowing. And matter of fact, she probably braked, and that's why she lost control because she locked up on the icy road and went into the ditch. I mean, it's, it's just... I don't think it's unreasonable to think that's how fast she was going. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And that road leading up to that is super curvy. I don't know how she would have right. even gotten speed. No, in that she would distance anyway. She was probably going twenty twenty five. Yeah. Okay. My fist travels at about eighteen miles an hour, and it does a lot of damage. Oh boy. Yeah, that's it. Well, there you go. I mean, yeah, it could have been that. It could have been as slow as eighteen. Sure, absolutely. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, 
So you uh, you sort of go through her more uh, emailing her professor her, her, and her supervisor, telling them there there had been a death in the family, even though there's no death that we know of. Um, she packs her clothes, toiletries, textbooks. There's birth control yeah, which, pills found in the car. By the way, it completely eliminates this theory that she killed herself. Because if you're going to kill yourself, you're not packing your textbooks or your birth control pills you know, or, or anything. You just go off and do it, right? So, I mean, that, that, that's, she did not go off and kill herself. I don't believe that for a second. So you've never, you've never seen someone pack their belongings like that and then having uh, end up committing, committing suicide? Well, I can't, it's not that it can happen. But well, I mean, for you. They, in your tend to when they left. Yeah. I, she wasn't planning suicide when she left her apartment or wherever she was because yeah. she took that stuff with her. If she was planning suicide, she wouldn't have taken that stuff with her. Why would she take her textbooks? Yeah. You know, she yeah. Do that with, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is it true that um, it's more typical for people to give their stuff away when they're planning suicide? I just, I don't know if that's a, a fact. Well, that's a sign that people do start giving their stuff away <laughs> if they're contemplating suicide. You yeah. know, that's the thing. Because, I mean, and if, if your friend wants to suddenly give you all their worldly possessions, uh, hello, red Probably flag. call somebody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Light should come on. Something's going on. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's see. So let's go to when Butch pulled up to the accident. She's shivering, appears to be wine. Um, the police arrive. And an empty beer can, yeah. Yeah, empty beer bottle in the car. Police arrived from the west. Uh, no one came or checked the other direction. Yeah, and uh, so we, we do know that that, f- that is Fred Murray, more his dad's. One, one of his major uh, gripes with the investigation is that no one sort of checked the other direction. But, uh, right. Yeah. So I, she, it, it's clear to me she want she left that way, you know. Whether it was trying to find a spot where she could get a better cell phone signal or whatever, she, I think she walked the opposite. I guess is that is that would be north from there. I guess because huh? it's around the curve. I or always mess this up. That's, the, police came. <laughs> the way she was ha- traveling was east. The way she yeah, was, but, tra- then, but then the road curves. I'm just yeah. Right. Oh, you, you mean like west. yeah? Yeah. Okay. If we're not talking yeah. about like the uh, the the. The route is not. I'm talking like about the, the. I'm talking about the magnetic direction. The, <laughs> uh, okay. Well, yeah, the route is. Uh, east, but I mean, yeah, the road curves. I think it becomes north there for a little bit, and then curves back. I think you're right. Yeah. Uh, so, where did you read? Um, and did you read anywhere about the box of Franzia wine that was in there? Uh, did. Where did you read that yeah. it was an empty beer bottle? Because what we've heard is that it's a um, like a malt liquor bottle, like a like a spritzer. Well, yeah, I, I somewhere, I, I somewhere said empty beer bottle, beer can, but a malt liquor is close enough, you know. Although yeah. a malt liquor is higher alcohol content than a, than a beer, but uh, See? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's, it, it only the only significance is that she was pro- she was drinking. She bought the booze, and she was drinking. You know, there's wine drops. You know, maybe it sloshed when it hit the car. Maybe she wasn't drinking wine, and, and like I said, I don't necessarily think she was falling down drunk. Yeah, that's fair. Um, okay, and so on your hypothesis here, you uh, you say she had a lot going on with her life, and I think everyone listening knows that, um, that uh, she was stressed, and we believe she left to just get away, but there's no um, proof of that. There's no... There's... Yeah, but there's, there's inferences. I mean, she's looking directions up to the Berkshires and Vermont, and she wants to go to where, try, inquires about a reservation in a place that her family used to go that I said was her happy place because she needs to get away and that's where she has been relaxed and had been peaceful in the past. And so she wants to go up there. She thinks it's pretty or whatever. It's a good way to get away. It's not too far. You know, it's, it's not like I'm going to go to California or something, right? I'm just going to go drive up the road. I can get there easily. I don't have a lot of money. Uh, and, and, and so she was looking for that. Whether she was actually headed there or somewhere else, I don't know. But, I mean, I presume, and again, I don't know this area, I presume that route would take her generally in that direction. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah, to, towards Bartlett, yeah. which um, is where I think Fred uh, suggested that Maura was heading. And it does seem, I I, I'm, I can totally sign off on that. Yeah, I can I can as well. What do you think about uh, her just putting a few possibilities in, out there and, and knowing the general direction? What do I think about uh, yeah, about, because I think a lot of people get hung up with she was heading towards a specific location. I'm oh. starting to go more to the school of thought that she had three or four like possibilities, knew the area because she had camped there with her family and just was familiar with the whites. So she headed up in that general direction and maybe figured, you know, if I see something 
whatever, like I'll make up my mind when I get close to it. Right. Yeah. I think that's entirely possible. Yeah. yeah. There's no, I mean, she didn't make any reservations anywhere that we know of right. or anything like that. So yeah, that's entirely possible. So far you're agreeing with me when you need to. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I didn't, wouldn't want to hurt my reputation. <laughs> <laughs> 40 years later. And this, this yeah, is what exactly. it's bringing, bringing you down. You down. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, yeah, you wrote here to a 21-year-old woman that uh, there's a lot going on. It's a lot piling up on her plate, and it is clearly stressing her out. I mean, it's just, it seems reasonable. I mean, I've never been a 21-year-old woman, but I had four sisters, and, and I married a woman, you know, and I have daughters-in-law, and I know when they were younger, you know, things get ampli- ampli- amplified for them, you know, and and stuff that seems like, oh, my God, it's terrible, it's terrible. You go, oh, you know, by day after tomorrow, you won't even remember you were worried about this stuff, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> I think even without the, um, the you know, the stuff that she sort of caused on her own, like totaling her dad's car right. that weekend, and um, I think just the nursing program alone at UMass is enough to be stressful for a 20, 21-year-old male or female. Yeah, well, you know, one of my daughters-in-law is an RN, and, and nursing school is very stressful. Yeah, I mean it's 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 not easy. That's why not 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 everybody can do it, right? So, and, like podcasting, I'm sure it is. It's just a lot on you. Yeah, yeah. So we're on we're all on the same page right now, right? So so far we're earning our uh, honorary uh, deputy badges. Yeah, your junior woodchuck detective badge, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so after she left, you you hypothesized that she walked east down the road the way she was. Right driving she had a concussion had been drinking and started getting hypothermic that's what i think yeah i mean she was obviously in the beginning she's when when you're shivering you're on your way to hypothermia at that point right Mm. it's just it it doesn't and it doesn't take much people like up up here people think they're fine they're walking around 50 degree weather well they get hypothermic at 50 degrees right really so yeah oh yeah so their blood's very thin out there especially if you get a little damp right Mm -hmm. if you get a little damp it's really bad and, you know, you start and you start and what happens with hypothermia is at first you feel really cold, but then it kind of goes into this period, almost euphoria and disorientation. And then you start feeling really warm. And a lot of people will start taking their clothes off when they're hypothermic, which, of course, just accelerates it. And there's no evidence that that happened in this case. Right. Right. Yeah. But, nothing found. Yeah. She's wandering down that road, shivering cold when she... Uh, and, and she starts to get sort dis, disoriented. And then I believe it's possible and the most likely scenario that she wandered into those woods and either jumped or fell into that river and was swept away. Okay. okay. Yeah. That's my, th- that's what I think probably happened. I'm not discounting anybody else's theory, but just based on my experience and based on the situation and the little clues we have, uh, that's probably, you know, I know that the dog tracked a couple days later, and I have a lot of faith in, great, in uh, bloodhound tracks, but I don't know how the weather having snowed again would affect that track. I'm not a dog expert, but you know, I don't know having if new snow comes if that will affect the, the track at all. And it didn't. It only tracked a short distance and stopped, and that's why there was that. Hop, uh, the people believe she was picked up by a car. If it had been done the day of or the next day, I might have been better off with that. But a couple. It was. I don't remember how I did. Two or three days later, when they did the dog track, I know. Yeah. And and so uh, I mean, not that bloodhounds cannot track days later, but it's much more difficult the longer the time goes across along and especially depending on the weather and the and the new snowfall you know covering a scent uh, again i'm not an expert in that but i'm just saying that could be an explanation of why the dog only went to a certain point why the and, track stopped yeah. yeah and the track stopped yeah okay well i i can i can um i can get on board with your theory and and why you'd think this however right. the the river itself in the in the winter time isn't so frozen as it is it's obviously never frozen because right. it's a river um is that true never frozen i mean it's never a hundred percent frozen okay. it, it's like it constantly moves what happens is it gets uh it gets like those frozen like ice caps that build up on each other and it's a very rocky river and that particular stretch for several miles is um is really uh shallow it's it's yeah. like uh, about that time of year do you know that time of year, if you're not accounting for those uh, those ice, um, like those ice shelves that build up, uh-huh. that time of year it's probably knee to maybe waist deep, maybe. Yeah, um, yeah, that's right. Plenty deep. That's plenty deep. But and it's. Other, uh, I'm not saying she, she wouldn't have gotten caught up somewhere either. She might have. 
But then you have animal scavenging that happens. You could. Then, you know, the animals come in. And I'm sure there's coyotes in that area. There's, I don't know what else there There's are. definitely yeah. coyotes, but yeah. nothing was ever found. No clothes, no backpack. And I understand the backpack could have washed away as well. But right. the, that, that, that stretch of, of river goes forever before it empties right. out into something bigger. And well, who knows how far she went before she snagged up on something. I don't know. Yeah, it's so. I mean, I, 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 I've seen people that have in, in the in the woods. I had a case ex- almost exact like this where a guy was had been drinking. He drove up in the mountains here, which, by the way, are real mountains. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and, you, you didn't mention that before. Yeah, uh, went on some access road, and his car was found a couple of days later, and he was never found. And he was a city boy up in the mountains, and there was no. His his mother was convinced he was kidnapped and murdered by a drug gang because the car was damaged and broken into, windows were broken, and he they never found anything, not a single stitch of clothing. Well, in my opinion, there again, he was on this road and he got out of the, he ran out of gas. His car was on empty, and he just started walking and and went into the woods. And, and of course, there's bigger predators up there. There's bears, cougars, you know, because those, those, those are real mountains. Those are real. Those are real predators. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, and then no, nothing was ever found in him either. And the, and the explanation for his car being damaged is you leave a car in the woods and thugs are going to come by and they're going to break it and they're going to break into it. That's just the way it is. For sure. You know, the, yeah, that's just the way it is. We, can, we can follow up on, on this conversation later on. Maybe have a, have a, have a follow-up episode. Look at the river. Go on, go on Google. I don't know if you went on Google Earth and like actually... I did look at the river. I mean, it, for, but it's a summer picture taken. It in is the a summertime. it is a yeah. summer picture, but I. What's I, the name of the river? A wild Amanusik. Oh, it's same as the road. Okay. Yeah, the road is wild Amanusik, and then it changed to the changes to the Lost River Road. Um, it 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 I it, it is just so hard for me to imagine that she would have gone up past Butch's house and gone around that corner crossed the street and gone down the embankment which is pretty significant right so maybe she rolled into the into the river yeah maybe well maybe she did or maybe she didn't drown and get swept away maybe she got up and kept walking and she was wet and cold which made it even worse now there we go <laughs> you know uh, yeah there we go i i was just gonna say maybe she's on the other side of that river and she just fell down somewhere and she's been scattered see that's what happens yeah, I, I, can, I can i can i can i can Go to that yeah. more than swept away. Yeah, I think that's yeah. that's pretty reasonable. And um, you did mention some of the the symptoms of being hypothermic, um, right? Shivering, and then you start getting a a feeling that you're sort of overheating. And right. I, I do know there's accounts of people undressing um, and, and being found, uh, yeah, <laughs> if de- you know, dead of hypothermia. So, right. Um, I think that's interesting. What what if you know, just throwing it out there, like there's the river and she's burning up. What if she? Right. Maybe she. Maybe she's like, I gotta cool off. off. Right. Yeah. yeah. Super thirsty. Maybe exacerbates maybe too. the problem. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Exacerbates actually. Let me say it correctly. Exacerbates the problem. <laughs> yep. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's interesting. I, I hadn't I mean, you know, really thought considered that. The thing you got to remember is it's usually the simplest, simplest answer, right? The I was abducted. I mean, can that happen? Yes. Is it likely it happened? Probably not. I mean, and the other theory, oh, she was going with someone in a separate car. I don't buy that at all. Why? You know, yeah. why wouldn't they have stopped when she got in the accident, right? Yeah. <laughs> and been standing there with her engine thing, put her in the car and warm her up, and then drive her away then. I mean, what? I, yeah, I don't, I don't know where that theory came from, but, yeah, I don't buy that. That doesn't even hold water. I'm with you on the Occam's razor. The simplest solution is usually the correct solution. Given the given the circumstances and the uh, being hypothermic and maybe, you know, not not getting into the river and being swept away, but maybe getting wet by the river and falling down, right. maybe even further injuring her head and wandering, maybe going into the woods and then sitting down and, you know, succumbing to the hypothermia. Right. Yeah. And then getting. Uh, it wouldn't take very long either. No, it, it would take, take minutes. Yeah. She's wet. Yeah. It wouldn't take long at all. Yeah. And then you get the coyotes. You're not going to get bears because they're hibernating unless they right. just woke up or something, which I could see. I could see a bear coming out of hibernation and being absolutely yeah, like rabbits. Right? Yeah. yeah. But, you got coyotes, you got raccoons. I don't know if you got raccoons there, but you got oh, yeah. rats, you got muskrats. You got. You don't have to be a big animal. animal. Little animals do a lot. No, Little I, animals do a lot. I and mean, they, the coyotes are wolves the even. Or maybe they should think about going up there some summer and doing a whole nother sweep of that area. And you got to remember, if, if 
if if animals scavenge, they take the things downhill from where they are. Okay, so if if, if it's going to be at the bottom of the hill, it ain't going to be. At, don't looking at the top ridges. Yeah, because these animals, you know, they're going to bring it down the hill with them because that's they work gravity to them. Yeah, and they're going to go to their layers or something. And be, you know, there could be pieces all over the place. And of course, it's been a long time. You're not going to find big pieces, and they might even be buried or covered now. Yep. You know. By, by needles and you know stuff like that where you can't obviously see it. But now, as far as searches go, there there were some really good ones done. Specifically uh, said, we were looking downhills. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. For exactly that reason. But also, fish yeah. and game. Um, Your boy search. Yeah, my boy Todd Bogardis um, and fish and game. New Hampshire fish and game did a really good search, and I think uh, there was a, a police officer up in a, a helicopter. Um, with infrared, and they saw nothing um, not, he, with the heat sensors. You know why? Because if she's dead, she's not putting off a heat signature, right? Even, <laughs> even a couple days later? Yeah, yeah, no. You cool pretty quickly outside if she was way out. She'd have, been, she'd have been the same temperature as everything around her pretty quickly. Mm. You know, within 12 hours or 14 hours, she'd have been the same temperature as everything around her, especially if she's wet and stuff. But, yeah, you're not going to get any kind of heat signature with that. I mean, that would be if she was, like, hidden up there and, and – Trying to survive, then you'll get the fleur, you know, where she shows up in fleur. But hmm. if, you, if you're looking for a dead body, unless it's only a sh- very short time from when they died, it's not going to put off a heat signature that you're going to see with that after a day. It's just not going to happen. Interesting. Now, now, yeah. now, what if the area that someone goes missing has those elements, but they also have the uh, you, you factor into some of the residents in the immediate area? are admitted killers, convicted criminals, child molesters. If they're right there, I mean, yeah, you can't can't ignore that. Yeah. You can't ignore that. You have to look into that. But usually the person, almost always, you know, the first thing you do when when somebody goes missing or something like this is they look at all the known registered sex offenders. You know what? It's almost never those people. It's somebody else. It always is. Really? Yeah. Even where they really were kidnapped and murdered, it's usually not the people that... Or that obvious. You know? really? First of all, you don't, you don't shit in your own backyard. First of all, that's one thing. You know, if you're if you're living there, you're not going to go abduct people two houses down because you know you're the first person they're going to look at, right? So right. You're going to go across town somewhere where they where they won't link it to you. But, but if I mean, you're planning, but then again, if there's an opportunity and you yeah. just see it in front of you and you can't control yourself, I mean, yeah. So I I guess um my my main question here is what would you have done as an as a homicide investigator? So uh, say put put yourself a, a few days after the search, they found nothing through their search. Where we, what would you do um, in investigating? Not even having this? a body. Yeah, you don't have anything. You don't have anything. That's that's very tough. Yeah, it's very tough. And you know the thing, of course, hindsight's always twenty twenty. They probably should have searched that area immediately with a missing driver. But they weren't thinking. They're thinking of snacks, and she got picked up by somebody. You know, I understand what they were thinking. They weren't thinking she's missing, missing. She just isn't here. But, uh, you know, they thought she'd show up. But by the next day when she doesn't show up, then they really should have been more intense on their search. But, uh, you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty. It's always easy for me to sit in my nice, cozy office and tell them what they should have done, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, you, you've, you've nearly convinced me about the hypothermia thing. And I could right. see a scenario where she is displaying um, symptoms of hypothermia, obvious symptoms of hypothermia, and somebody comes up to her. And they use that to get her in their car. And they say... Well, there's no question that she probably would have gotten in a car somebody offered unless she didn't feel like she was cold. I mean, yeah. if somebody's pulling up and you're, and you're in the early stages, you're probably going to get in there because you're freezing your ass off, right? You need to get warmed up. So that's not, that's not unbelievable to me at all. Sure. Okay, so then, so go, going with that for a minute, where, where would you start your investigation if that's what you think happened? Oh my God! Still, again, you got nothing to go on, right? Yeah, it's it, yeah, it's it's gonna be, it's gonna be tough. You're gonna look for those things. Um, you're gonna talk to all the neighbors. You're gonna canvas. Did you see any cars? Did you see? Did anybody see her walking down the street? Did anybody see a car pull up? If yeah, see, that's the thing. Did no you see taillights no. like a car pulled up? Right? Yeah. No. Um, although the other thing is, are they gonna if if they if this had to happen before the police got there because. They aren't going to go try to pick this girl up when there's a police car right down the street, most likely, because they figure other police cars are coming, right? Yep. Whether they're right or not, doesn't matter, but that's what they're thinking. So it would have had to have been that short window of opportunity. A lot of, a lot of people up there have scanners. So they, right. they would hear when uh, police were dispatched and, you know, all the, all the radio chatter. Right. And, and, you know, the thing about it is, did the lady who first called the accident, was she looking out the window? Yeah. Did, did, did uh, I forgot the guy's name you said, that, that drove by and went to call 
the police. That's was he looking out the window? Did he see anything coming? Or yeah, Butch, you know, you'd think you'd notice yeah. cars going by, but I don't know. Butch had said that a few cars went by, but he didn't see any uh, anybody walking. Yeah, and he right. didn't uh, get makes or models or even colors. I think he right. just said vehicles. And he wasn't looking outside the entire time. He had he just gone, was aware. Yeah, he he went inside, uh, communicated with his family. Uh, phone calls phone phone calls were made, and then he went back out to his bus where he was doing his paperwork, looking at the scene, and that's when he was approached by the arriving officer to uh, request help. Is that something that that is uh, typical? Like, and not you being a, a homicide uh, detective, but as a police officer, is that is that typical? Yeah, you know, I worked in an urban environment. I didn't work out in the woods. Oh, rural. big Seattle. I was in the city, so I mean, it's a lot different. <laughs> it's apples yeah. and oranges, it really uh, is. <laughs> Did that strike you as as odd when you heard that? Not necessarily. That he yeah. went back out in the car and sat in the bus. I mean, no, no. That um that the arriving officer approached him and asked him if he wouldn't mind doing a loop around to look for helping him. Oh, search. if he would do it. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I, you know, I presume they're pretty light on the ground up there. They probably have one or two people in the whole county, maybe at that time. Uh, yeah, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, four it's people on county, the force. Yeah. And so, I I wouldn't think in that in in. in Again, in my situation, it, like if I was in anywhere in this, it, when I was working patrol and I said, I need a backup, I'd have 10 cars there in less than 30 seconds, right? So it's not like, it's not like, it's completely different out in a rural area. That he doesn't have anybody coming, there's nobody else available. Yeah, do you mind looking around? I don't, I could see that happening. Yeah. Know? Would you take a loop and see? Yeah. Yeah. I guess we have to take it for what it is because that's what happened. Right. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, it <laughs> it, it happened. So uh, <laughs> unless you know, unless you think that something else was going on where they were both in on it, or yeah, you know. that doesn't. That's even more far fetched than the whole. I was attacked. It was abducted by a Satanist group, and yeah. <laughs> so is that one of those common things that you oh hear? Oh my too? God! Every, yeah, Tim well, loves cults. Was, yeah, all the time. A satanic group kidnapped them, and they had these rituals, and they're in a mine shaft somewhere, and you know, yeah. <laughs> Thank you for calling. There are some mine shafts nearby. There are some mine shafts. There's oh, some, there are there are yeah. here too. You know, yeah. coal mines and stuff. But, but yeah, but those but are real. The real ones. Maybe she fell yeah, down one. And maybe she fell down one. Right. Yeah. She would never be found if she fell down one. That's true. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you have to unless you had a real long. You have to. All you can do though is find those shafts and get a really long rope with a camera on it, a wire, and lower it down and see what you see at the bottom. I mean. Yeah. But you're going to see. A skeleton, but now is yeah. all. You know. I don't know where. I don't know what they would be mining there. Yeah, I, I, I think it's not so much like straight drops. I think there's kind of like mine tunnels. Mine yeah. tunnels, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, that, and she could have wandered into one of those. Yeah, and it's probably where the bears are hibernating, right? Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to reveal right now what your plans are for Halloween? Because we happen to know what your yeah. plans are for Halloween. Uh, well, yeah. Okay, here's it. I'm dressing up as an. A retired homicide detective. Because <laughs> they look like everybody else. They look like everybody else, yeah. And actually, I'm more interested in next week when I'm leaving for Maui. Thanks. Oh, <laughs> oh nice. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Oh. So you're going to be dressing up like Jimmy Buffett. Yeah, Jimmy Buffett. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Warren Buffett. Dress up like Warren know. Buffett. Yeah, hopefully. Not quite as Warren Buffett. Yeah. yeah. But no, we do know what your <laughs> Halloween plans are. Yeah, exactly. We do know. Which are? Yeah. He's getting together with Lee. Oh, on Halloween. That's, oh, I am, that's yeah. right. Well, yeah. that's after. Yeah, that's right. Thanksgiving. Yeah. Oh, oh okay. With Lee. I'm meeting him up in Vancouver, and then we're coming down. Uh, he's coming down to my place again and hanging out with me for a few days. And I got. I told him I'm in his, his Motel Six in the Seattle area. So. Nice. Oh, so <laughs> we'll that, leave the light on for you. <laughs> that's at. Uh, that's on uh, Thanksgiving. No, no, no. It's right before Halloween. He'll oh, okay. Be Halloween. Yeah. Oh, great, great. We're, yeah. we're meeting up in Vancouver on like 27th, I think. Look at you two. Globe trotting, hanging out on big mountains. Like... Well, Seattle, Seattle to Vancouver is not exactly globe trotting. <laughs> well, it's a border crossing. Yeah. <laughs> so what are you uh what are you doing up in Vancouver? Are you looking for missing people? Just you... up there meet him. <laughs> you say, hey, could you go up to Vancouver? Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's you... all I'm doing. Have you been yeah. to Vancouver? Oh yeah. I well I went up there last last uh March and Listen to him do a he. Oh, that's right. A, yeah, he did a uh, a uh, a lecture at uh, Simon Fraser University, and then I drove him down to Seattle. Then, so that's great. Yeah, we're meeting with some people up there that are sniffing around, 
thinking about doing a TV show, that type of thing, too. So, oh, very, very cool. cool. And, uh, yeah. yeah, so we're talking about Lee Meller uh, from Murder Was the Case podcast right. that is uh, right. going to be joining the Crawl Space Network very soon. They're all a part of the Crawl Space Network. When That's are you going right. to come yeah. on the Crawl Space Network? Yeah, when's your podcast launching? Yeah, I got Somebody said to me, uh, why don't you start a podcast? I said, That's a full time job. I'm, I don't have time for a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. have time to, write, to do a podcast. I'll, yeah. I'll be guests on several, but. Uh, I have been. It's just like when people call me about, hey, remember that podcast we did? I have to think about what podcast did we do? Because I've done like 10. You know, and some of them haven't even aired yet. We, gotta, we have to sign you uh, up exclusively because you, you are, you are yeah. like the perfect uh, podcast guest, especially when you're talking about serious subjects. Yeah, that's like, right. You know, it, it's, it's really cool to get that, um, that, that ability or that freedom to, to you know, well, discuss Have it with things. a sense of humor as well, and to discuss yeah, yeah. something. Well, you got to be you know, not get gotta, fired up. You got to look at things reasonably and look at what evidence you have and what signs. There's always little subtle signs. People say there's nothing. We have no idea what happened. There's no clues. Yes, there are. You're just not looking in the right place, right? <laughs> right. Or yeah. not identifying the right things as clues. Yeah, you're not looking close enough. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think there's some really interesting information in this uh, in this call and the work you did here. Uh, for for Morris case, Cloyd. Okay, yeah, I can, like I said, I'm glad to look into it more, and I'm certainly, again, I'm not one of those guys that say, yeah, this is what happened, that's it, period, end of story. I'm not that guy at all, but I'm just saying, you have to look on a scale of likeliness, okay? And this would be pretty close to the top of the scale, and then you work your way down from there. The last, uh, the bottom of the scale was she was abducted by Satanists and part of a, you know, she's a coven in Salem, Massachusetts, or something, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, down at the bottom. But there's all kinds of stuff in between. So, so number one, just for clarification, number one for you is that uh, she hit her head on the windshield. She was um, hypothermic because of her shivering, um, and that's what Butch right. said, the butch bus driver. And then right. she got out and started walking down the road herself. She had a concussion, hypo, and was and had been drinking and started getting hypothermic and possibly went towards the river or even maybe across the river, yeah, which I don't. That area. I mean, that's that. Yeah. It seems to me the most likely scenario. Yeah, there's no question that she's gone. Okay, she yeah. didn't go to live another life somewhere else. You know that that people do that, but you you find out they find or after a while they go. I should call my mom. I call my sister. You know that that that's the, that's actually put, I'll put that one below that she was abducted by the Satanists. I, I I'm with you, you on have that. Have to live another life somewhere. That that I don't believe that happened. I mean, you can do that. We actually had a case up here that a woman was disappeared for five years and presumed murdered, and I assigned one of my investigators because a family member called me and. Uh, I said, look into this, see what you can find out. Well, he found out she was alive and well, living down in California, and didn't want anything to do with her family, right? Because right. <laughs> he found her, because nobody had ever looked, and so he found. But then the good news of that story is, after after that all happened, a year later, the family called and said, now she wants to meet with us and get back together. So I mean, it's a good story all the way around. Oh, that's good. But I mean, she was listed as a missing and probable murdered woman, <laughs> but she wasn't missing at all. Yeah, she was just no. Yeah, she just left and went to California. But she was a, you know, forty year old woman she wasn't a 21 year old girl right yeah and, yeah so she had the means to do that and 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 again she would have showed up or something eventually but and not but i don't believe that's the case with Mar at all yeah kind of tough to restart your life at 21 years old no matter where you're going you, you have to get a job first of I all know. And you do yeah and you have to have a social security number and all yeah. that you know i really wish i could tell her family that that's what happened because i'm sure they would be thrilled that that's what the answer to this is but it's it's just not likely yeah i'd, I'd say that's probably the second most likely thing she accepted a ride with somebody coming down the road and whatever you know not all not all killers are serial killers right and maybe, maybe, maybe if she did do that, maybe this person had no intention of killing her, but raped her, and then it got out of hand. I mean, that's possible too. But then again, you're usually going to find the body or skeleton somewhere at some point. But I, you know, I don't know unless he knew of these caves and put it back there. And it's it's really hard to get rid of them. Up here, it's not as hard because there's mountains and woods everywhere, and you can drag somebody just a few feet off the road, and and you know, they'll, maybe someday they'll find a piece of a skull. But you know, but I mean. It's, it's not as easy as people think to get rid of a body.
Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Grand Canyon University's RN to BSN online degree program makes earning your bachelor's in nursing possible. Balance online coursework with local in-person clinicals to position yourself for potential leadership opportunities in the time you have from wherever you are. Leaving room for what matters. Achieve your goals with your personalized plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu.